You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Following all of the primaries last night, we're going to have some coverage about that in the second segment. So if you're excited about the primaries, you can fast forward to the second segment if you're listening on the podcast. And you can find that there on the Red Future Radio Network, gopjosh.com. So people have been saying that the abortion issue is going to kill Republicans this election cycle. Republicans leaning into their pro-life positions is going to kill Republicans in the election cycle because America is overwhelmingly pro-choice. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Both parts of it, actually. America isn't overwhelmingly pro-choice, and it's not going to kill Republicans in the midterm, even if they were, because abortion is not the number one issue facing the majority of voters. Maybe Gen Z, maybe millennials, but not the majority of voters. I don't think Elon Musk would be switching his registration to vote Republican, not registration, but voting Republican, if, if abortion was a major issue. He, he's not a pro life person. So Elon Musk has admitted he has voted overwhelmingly for Democrats, has changed his mind. Musk is a registered independent voter. He announced the switchover video link at switchover video link at a tech sum, summit in Miami, Florida, hosted by the All In podcast. I have voted overwhelmingly for Democrats historically. Like I'm not sure I might never have voted for a Republican just to be clear. Now this election I will. Musk's metamorphosis from voting Democrat to voting Republican could have been documented by actions over the last two years. Um, In July 2020, Musk issued two tweets tweaking the left. The first likely confounded members of the left confident that their support for attacks on America, whether physical or philosophical, was shared by everyone in the so-called center of the political spectrum. Musk tweeted, the left is losing the middle. We we, we reported for uh, previously on the show that Elon Musk is paying for his employees at Tesla to travel across state lines to get abortion. If abortion was a major issue, Elon Musk, being pro-choice, would not support the Republicans in in any scenario. He just wouldn't do it. If that's such an important issue, he seems to support it so much he's going to pay for his employees to go out of state to get one. So I, I, I don't see that being a major issue. And this is more than just Elon Musk, one voter, deciding to vote Republican. I don't think he has major political influence on anyone on how they're going to vote. But I do know that Republicans need to stand strong on being pro-life because it doesn't affect voters. I think it's like 4% of voters find that as the most important issue. And that's on both sides of the aisle together, probably 2% and 2%. Republicans very rarely lose an election that closely, let's, let's, let's be honest. So if we don't lean into being pro-life, if we don't lean into our values, if we don't lean into our support of abortion restriction and abortion bans, we're going to lose Republican voters to the left. It's not going to be the other way around. We're not going to lose left-wing voters voting Republican. It's not going to happen. So I applaud Elon Musk for 
for changing sides, so to speak, for, for at least one election, right? I, I applaud him for that. But I don't care that he is doing it. I don't care that one person decided to switch his voter registration or, or just change voting for a party in one election. Is it is it a major reflection on the Republican Party where we're going, or is it a major reflection on the Democratic Party that they're losing ground? That being overwhelmingly anti-parent isn't going to sway over the parents of the world. Elon Musk is a parent to XA12 or whatever his name is. I mean, the, the war on children is just outside of abortion is overwhelmingly a democratic issue. The, uh, the, the formula shortage and then the abortion issue is a war on children. The left isn't afraid to say that. They, they, they don't like children. We know this. And that's not going to win over parental voters. So if we stand strong, if Republicans stand strong, reminding voters about the formula issue, reminding voters about Afghanistan, reminding voters that literally I think Afghanistan has like three new terrorist organizations at this point after our withdrawal. If we remind voters of this, more people like Elon Musk will vote Republican. But they have to be good Republicans, and we have to have good Republicans in the nomination, which is why next we'll be talking about the the very, very busy um, primary section, the, the primary elections. But, I mean, I, I applaud Elon Musk for deciding to change his registration, right? I, I'm fine with that. that that's, that's a good thing, right? Having another Republican voter winning over more voters is a good thing. But because Elon Musk is pro-choice, this is going to get some elector bros more worried about electing Republicans than electing good Republicans, or nominating nominating good Republicans, I should say, to say, well, we need to we need to we need to, uh, to to stray away from the abortion issue. We need to stray away from being pro-life because Elon Musk might not vote Republican next year, and that's that's kind of where I'm going with this section is the is the abortion issue. We haven't talked we haven't talked about it in a while. It's been like three days. We haven't talked about it in a while. I mean, let's be honest. Elon Musk is not a political figure. Abortion, obviously, is not the most important issue to Elon Musk. If it was, he'd be voting Democratic. So we cannot stray on this issue. And this is really just me trying to to connect the dots between the two things I wanted to talk about today. But we can't stray away from the abortion issue. It just won't work. Being pro-life is a Republican value. And the people who say that we should stray away, I'm not even sure if they should be considered considered Republicans or considered conservatives. I know there are very few Republicans that think that, but there are a significant number that I, I felt like it was worth mentioning. So we're going to move on because I, I have something else I want to get to this segment, which is unnormal for our, our, our first segment of the show. But I, I do want to get to something big, which happened last night, was Tucker Carlson addressing that he was responsible for the Buffalo shooting. We haven't talked about the Buffalo shooting yet. We've, we haven't had much time on the show to do so. Um, 
priors, I'm going to preface this with that, the priors to the families that were affected by the shootings in Buffalo. I'm going to preface it with that. But I do want to talk about this this clip from Tucker Carlson because because the whole thing and the reason I didn't address the shooting is because it's getting political. And tragedies shouldn't be political. But supposedly the shooter like Tucker Carlson and the the great replacement theory, which Tucker Carlson has mentioned, I mentioned it on the show, where Republican voters are becoming the minority because of demographics. That the replacing Republican voters with Democrats from across the ocean from, from the southern border. And it'd be a conspiracy theory if they haven't openly said that's what they're doing. Play clip. Let's see here. Let me turn up the audio and then I'll play clip. There is a strong political component to the Democratic Party's immigration policy. We're not guessing this. We know this and we know it because they have said so. They've said it again and again and again. They've written books on it and monographs and magazine articles. They've bragged about it endlessly. They talk about it on cable news constantly. And they say out loud, we are doing this because it helps us to win elections. That's not something they've said once. It's something they've gloated about again and again and again. And we think that's wrong. And in case you doubt us, here they are. Blue Wave is African-American. It's white, it's Latino, it's Asian Pacific. That's Stacey Abrams. It's made up of those who've been told that they are not worthy of being here. It is comprised of those who are documented and undocumented. In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll you'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics. The demographics of America are not on the side of the Republican Party. It's some senator, but I don't know his name. The new voters in this country are moving away from them. And instead, they're moving to be independents or to even vote on the other side. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Non-stop. Non-stop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent, for the first time in 2017, will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. <laughs> so you play clips of them saying it, and you're the deranged conspiracy nut. Now, I'm not going to say if I believe the great replacement theory or not, just because it's a, it's a, a goal to spew every right-wing person as a white nationalist. That's why it's such a big issue. But when the left themselves tell you that's their goal is to replace white voters with other voters so they can get a a majority, take them at their word. I've said this so many times. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. When the left tells you on tape that they want to replace white voters so they can have a majority, believe them. This shooting wasn't enraged by Tucker Carlson. The guy had a manifesto where he was an authoritarian leftist. I don't think he was an avid viewer of Tucker Carlson just based on that alone, but I don't know. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. 
the Republican Party is losing because of that. We're, we're not taking the Democratic Party at their word. And they're not, we're not taking the left at their word. We're saying, oh, well, yeah, you say that, but that's not true. Everything they say is what they believe. They don't say things they don't agree with. When they tell you who they are, believe them. Follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at GOPJosh20. Telegram, Truth Social, Gab Getter, Parler is at GOPJosh. I'm not very active on on any of those. Twitter is my main platform. But my name is JP Josh. My name, is, yeah, my name. Is, I just said my name is twice. Okay, my name is JP Josh. It's been a, it's been a long night. We were staying up watching election results. My name is JP Josh. We'll talk about the election results after this here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Stay on this channel. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you're following me on social media. I told you all of them before the break. Just rewind 30 seconds and you can hear them again. So last night there were primaries in the in a few different states. Uh, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Idaho, Kentucky, and Oregon. Republican and Democratic primaries for multiple races, including some governor races, some congressional races, some Senate races. The most notable Senate race, by the way, we still don't know the winner of. As of 10, 17 a.m. on the East Coast, it is too close to call the Pennsylvania gubernatorial, or I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania GOP Senate race. But the gubernatorial race in Pennsylvania has been called for Doug Mastriano. I'll give some applause to him. He is a great candidate. He is strong on election integrity, strong on most of the issues. Trump endorsed. I I, I supported that endorsement. Um, I applaud Doug Mastriano. Good job on the campaign. I wish Trump wouldn't have endorsed so late because there were some candidates who were, have worked really hard that was just thrown away. But applause to him. I mean, he won the election. He will be facing Josh Shapiro in November. Uh, Dr. Oz and McCormick, Dave McCormick, are in a very, very tight play, uh, race to become the Republican nominee. And this shows something a little bit different about Trump's endorsement. Dr. Oz was endorsed a long time before the election. He was endorsed days and, and weeks before the election. Doug Mastriano was endorsed Sunday. I think it was Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday. And he he was astounding margin. So a lot of time for the endorsement to sit in isn't always the best. Uh, Dr. Oz's name was plastered with endorsed by Trump, but there were some some vote changes where uh, Kathy Barnett came in very strong. I wish she would have won. Um, she is not in the running anymore. She has yet to concede, but she's not in the running anymore. Uh, she came in very strong, took some support from Oz. Uh, she started to have some scandal. She was getting more vetted, according to Sean Hannity. Quotes around the word vetted. And then she lost her support. And then the people who supported her went back to McCormick or, or saw, oh, McCormick doesn't look bad. And went away from Oz. So it's very close right now. Uh, 31.3% to uh, for Oz to McCormick's 31.1%. Sorry, looking up at my TV to see the latest numbers. So my audio quality kind of changed there. But something notable that I want to talk about, which I, I tweeted about last night because he lost actually pretty early on, is Madison Cawthorn. 
Madison Cawthorn is the face of the young Republican movement in Washington. He is the youngest Republican, I think, ever elected in the history of of Republican politics, uh, especially to a federal federal position. He went on an interview and mentioned cocaine-filled orgies, and that's as far as I'm going to go into that. And the left and the right together, working together for one time only, put a smear campaign out against Madison Cawthorn. And it worked. Madison Cawthorn lost to a state legislator. uh, His name is Chuck Edwards, I believe. And he... He um he won. He beat Madison Cawthorn. The Trump endorsed Madison Cawthorn by about two points, I believe. After Madison Madison Cawthorn faced a um was was at the Trump rally, spoke at the Trump rally, was strongly endorsed by President Trump. Was in Washington for two years, and he was the first incumbent to lose his primary, I believe. Madison Cawthorn. And this is a lot, and it says that if, if you need President Trump to win, you can't win without President Trump's endorsement. You can't win. I'm not saying that to to trample on the work that Madison Cawthorn did. I mean, he was never in a Republican majority Congress. He couldn't do much. I believe he worked hard for the people that to do what he thought was right. And the smear campaign and what he said caught back up to get him. Right. And that, that that's what happens in politics. I don't see him going away forever. I mean, he's still a young guy. He lost his wife over being in Congress, if I recall correctly. So he he's given up a lot for this position. And this position just didn't choose him this time. So I hope that he he stays in the fight. I, I don't dislike Cawthorn. People say, oh, Josh. Josh, you dislike everyone Trump endorses because you don't like Trump's endorsements. But no, I, I like Cawthorn. I mean, I disagree with some of his his associations. He's associated with the Log Cabin Republicans, which isn't even a Republican organization. So I I dislike some of his associations, but he's not a bad congressman. He's a better congressman than than um what's his name? Uh Kevin McCarthy. I haven't vetted Chuck Edwards. I don't think he's been very vetted very well. I don't know if he's a good candidate or not, but we do need to rally together and keep this seat Republican. I'm not going to say that for state races. I'm not going to say that for governorships in Ohio when Neil Peterson is a better candidate than than Governor DeWine. And I think I can announce this. I don't know if I can announce this yet. I'm just going to say, remember the name Neil Peterson next month. Okay, I'm just going to say that about three weeks from now. Remember the name Neil Peterson. But okay, we're going to move on. Um, Neil Peter, not Neil Peterson, <laughs> Madison Cawthorn. Ran a good campaign. I mean, he, he he did as much as he could. But when you have the scandals he had, and just look into, just search Madison Cawthorn, and you'll see plenty of the scandals that were put out against him. And then you, you have to, there's not much else he can do. So so good job in Congress, Madison Cawthorn. Don't go away. Um, I hope he stays in the fight. I hope he continues working. He'll probably get a federal level position in the next Trump administration. Trump really likes him. But he lost. And that's not the only Trump endorsed candidate that lost last night, adding two more L's to the Trump endorsement record. It is Madison Cawthorn and Janice, uh, Janice McGreechan, I believe her name is, uh, in Idaho. Um, 
let's see here. Yeah, Brad Little is the current governor. And if you remember uh, Janice McGeechan, she was um, rallying to do a bunch of executive orders while Brad Little was out of town as her as acting governor. She did a lot of executive orders, pushed Brad Little, just, just tried to push him more right-wing. It didn't work. And the voters of Idaho chose Brad Little over Trump endorsed Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan. I don't know a lot about this race. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about this race, but I do know that Janice McGeechan is better than Brad Little. I hope she doesn't just go away. She was a great lieutenant governor. I don't think she's the lieutenant governor nominee again. I don't know how that works. But she lost by, actually it was like 20 points, wasn't it? What was the results? Can't remember the exact results. Um, But it was, it was, pretty yeah she lost by 22 points so i mean that's about all i have to say to that trump's endorsement isn't everything and this this says a lot in states like ohio where there are seven candidates on the ballot trump's endorsement will do a lot more than when there are three candidates on the ballot or when you don't like a candidate already and then trump endorses them that's not going to change your mind in a race where there is not a lot a heavy number of Trump conservative undecided candidates or undecided voters, you're not going to have a successful successful endorsement. I don't think Idaho was upset with Brad Little. I don't think they disliked him going into election day, and I don't think they dislike him now. I don't think they're mad that he was renominated. Obviously not. I mean, he, he got over 50%. I don't even know if Idaho has runoff or not, but if they do, there is not a runoff. I keep looking up at my TV to, to see if I get anything else about Oz. So if I just go silent, that's why. But, but we do look at this with with an open eye. This is more than one primary night. This is a, a major primary night. So we're going to to we're gonna we're gonna make one last statement before we go on the show today or for the from the show today. One one parting thought. Your Trump endorsement means nothing if you can't campaign. Your Trump endorsement means nothing if you can't do it yourself. And your Trump endorsement means nothing if you have scandals. Um, Herbster in Nebraska is in a very, very similar boat to Madison Cawthorn. An extremely similar boat to Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn's were on video. Herbster's were alleged. But Madison Cawthorn also had an incumbent advantage. Herbster did not. But Trump isn't to blame for these losses. He, I, I've seen people on Twitter saying, Trump is the reason that Madison Cawthorn lost. He should have done another rally. He should have made more public statements, more than just on Truth Social. Uh, Trump should be the, be the one to blame here. No, the person to blame is Madison Cawthorn. When you elect a young congressman who had a wild teenage life you're going to have scandals against him he's going to be a scandalous nominee and when those scandals come out he's going to get voted out that's just going to happen that's just part of the politics of this sorry sorry to say it you know you know i mean i'm not saying this to be like oh madison cawthorn lost l no i like cawthorn 
And when you're running against a popular incumbent, you're not going to win even with the Trump endorsement. And that's what you can take away from McGeechan. And hopefully tomorrow, if we don't know by tomorrow, there's something wrong with, with Pennsylvania. But tomorrow, we are going to hopefully be able to analyze the Oz versus McCormick battle. Hopefully, the results will be out. And hopefully, I'll be able to tell you who won. But that's been a messy race. It was an expensive race. I don't like Dr. Oz. I still don't like Dr. Oz. I'm not endorsing Dr. Oz if he wins. I'm not endorsing McCormick if he wins. I'm not endorsing anyone if anyone wins. I'm not endorsing anymore. Endorsements are stupid. But we're going to find out tomorrow who won this election, who is going to be representing the Republicans in Washington, D.C., in Pennsylvania, or hopefully in Washington, D.C., but in November in Pennsylvania. But until then, my name is JP Josh here on the Red Future Radio Network with the Conservative Crusader. Follow me on social media. Go to jpjosh.com. Everything else you can do. Share the podcast, your friend, uh, wherever you do. My name is JP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 